Welcome in everyone to the Monday edition of the Paul Farrington Show. <laughs> Paul Farrington and Robert Ziegler, the two of us joining you on this Monday morning. A very sad Robert Ziegler, a very deflated Robert Ziegler, one might say. I'll give you credit, Ziggy. You had a great pick with the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. It was an excellent, it was an excellent pick. Most people would not even consider it a possibility back in wildcard weekend, except for you. Um, and I understand that you had the opportunity to win quite a lot of money on FanDuel tonight, and the ball just didn't bounce your way. But so the story goes with gambling. Uh, I would like to say my condolences, but also I'm giving you praises. An excellent run. An excellent run. I don't want to hear it, Paul. <laughs> why, why, don't you, why don't you just let people know how close you were? What, what, what were some of the close bets you had tonight? So in the divisional round, in the divisional round, I put $10 on uh, Bengals beating the Rams in the Super Bowl. Would have cashed out over 300 Halftime. I think, you know what? I think the Bengals got this. It's time to double down. I hit the Cincy money line, $50 at plus 210 um, And I put $30 on Joe Burrow to have over 300 passing yards and Bengals win at plus 800 So those two things combined... Combined with the previous Rams bet, we're looking at something like seven or eight hundred dollars coming into Ziggy's bank account. Rent paid for the month, landlord's happy. And we're that. talking about a college student here. We're talking about college students. We're talking about a graduate is, student, Paul. Yeah, Paul I is, make I, I I make like twenty grand a year, Paul. I could have really used that. But then that's not enough. It's not enough if that doesn't hit because Joe Burrow can't get it done because the refs sold on the Bengals, et cetera, et cetera. There's one bet that I know is gonna hit. And I'm like looking through FanDuel on my open bets. I bet at the beginning of the night, like I got basically 50-50 odds on no two-point conversion attempts because I don't think either team's going to attempt a two-point conversion, right? So it's like late in the fourth quarter. I'm seeing the Bengals probably aren't going to win. I'm looking for the consolation. I don't see it anywhere. So I flick over and I see in settled bets, uh, FanDuel, $0 paid app. I think, what the heck's this? I haven't seen either team attempt a (laughs) two-point conversion because it hasn't gone bad enough. My, one of my favorite players in the entire NFL, Johnny Hacker, widely regarded as one of the best holders in the NFL, never made a mistake in his four years at Oregon State and his seven or eight years with the Rams organization. He's never screwed it up. Tonight, of all nights, Johnny Hacker decides to screw up the handling on an extra point attempt, make some crazy flick out that has no chance of going anywhere, and that counts as a two-point conversion. So nothing went my way tonight. Um... We'll see. Hey. I'm hoping I don't get any angry knocks on the door tomorrow from my landlord. Hey, we did we did tell people on the Friday show that they should bet a non-quarterback to throw a touchdown pass in this game. I believe that was a that was Jack's lock of the game, and that that hit. So uh, there there are, there were some benefits to to betting alongside us. But yeah, I'm sorry, Ziggy. Nothing for you there. At um, least I won some money for you guys. I've yeah, been saying all week, Acres under has no freaking chance. Or the Acres was at sixty and a half rushing yards. I said it's got absolutely no chance of hitting. Paul forgot to place the bet. I did. Didn't I did. Me. I did. But I did. I didn't we see. We still it. got it was good numbers bet. after the first quarter. Um, it the, did. The fund hit, is so back. The fund the is doing up, well. The fund's up like twenty bucks at this point now. Despite right? my best after, efforts to to destroy it, the fund is doing well right now. Let, let's get into. Uh, let's move more towards football right now. I, Ziggy, what always is incredible to me about the Super Bowl is it just shows kind of the power of football and just the draw of it. Uh, whenever people talk about, you know, the numbers were fading in the a couple of years ago, look, the NFL did just as well this year as ever. 
No, um, it probably did better. I'll did tell better. you right now. This is, you can you can write down right now. This was the biggest TV event of the year. Yeah, nothing no, can I, match it. And and just think about for for those listening, think about how my sister doesn't watch football at all. She's texting. Oh, oh no, Burrow's down. My uncle doesn't watch football at all. Playing in the Super Bowl squares. People who have no interest in football the entire season, you see on their stories, you see uh, on all forms of social media that they're at events, they're watching the game, they know the players, they know the storylines, because football is the best drama television there is. Uh, it really is, because I don't, I could care less about the Rams. I'm sorry, I could not care less about the Rams or the Bengals, but there I am with five minutes left. I feel my heart pounding, and it has no impact on me. So football it's just one it's just a game that it's able to really capture the emotions unlike many other uh as you see with ziggy right now <laughs> even and, you know this game in particular this game in particular gave some really interesting storylines right because you have two teams that at least initially seem to have been built the opposite way you've got the rams headlined by the biggest of big stars who they traded multiple first round picks for who they've signed to huge contracts you know the rams got favored in the buyout market um just like in the NBA, right? Because they get Odell Beckham Jr. They take a big swing for Von Miller. Like, there's a lot of big names here. And then you've got the Bengals. Young team, unestablished, took their quarterback in the draft, um, took his college best friend receiver in the next draft. No one expected them going anywhere, unlike the Rams, who were Super Bowl favorites at the start of the year. Like, really, this played very well into a storyline. And then the game was incredibly close the whole point through. There was... Was there any point where there was more than a touchdown lead? Uh, 13-3. 13-3 was really the only point. Yeah, and that even then, that was early on. That faded away quickly. Both very likable teams here. But let's, let's fast forward all the way to the end of the game. The Rams drive, Stafford's drive. To me, it really epitomized much of the career of Matthew Stafford. He was gutsy. He was playing injured. There wasn't a lot around him. Outside of Cooper Cup... Robert Woods has been gone for a while. Odell was hurt. Uh, Tyler Higby out as well. Matt Stafford, him and Cooper Cup had to put the team on their shoulders and pretty much will them to victory at the end there. I, I think that they got bailed out with the first penalty that was called, the third down, the third and goal call, because if that's not called, then fourth down, you don't know. Maybe the Bengals are walking away with the Lombardi trophy. But from my point of view, watching that, that felt like, the career-defining moment of Matthew Stafford. But at the same time, it's kind of been who he's always been. He's, a, he's always been a clutch performer. He's always been gutsy. Now we just got to see it on a bigger stage like much of this season because in L.A., the lights are on you. In the Super Bowl, the lights are on you. And that was the big question mark that we had at the beginning of the year with Stafford was could he live up to it? And he certainly did tonight. So big congrats to Matthew Stafford. But I, I was really impressed, Ziggy, with his performance and, and not too surprised at the end. I was I was definitely impressed. And if you're looking at the course of the playoffs, I was a little bit surprised. Because um, the fact is, and people are going to forget this about Matthew Stafford, he went to the playoffs with the Lions three times. And he lost in the first round all three times. Uh, Matthew Stafford, like, he's certainly clutch in big moments, but he also makes boneheaded mistakes in not big moments that sometimes stop him from ever getting there, right? So... If he stayed in Detroit, there's a fair chance he retires having gone to the playoffs three or four times with zero playoff wins. Goes to the Rams, immediately wins four games in a row, wins the Super Bowl. Is one of the rare teams to win a Super Bowl out of the divisional or out of the wild card round. Uh, first round seeds are usually or first round buy teams 
which is now just teams of the one seed are usually very favored. This year, of course, both of them got bounced very quickly, but that's highly unusual. Um, yeah, it was a great performance from him. And let's not forget, um, Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, certainly deserved it. Aaron Donald and Von Miller both put together solid games with big plays. Jalen Ramsey didn't quite come forward, but other Rams players stepped up. The fourth it was quarter, a team effort, especially on defense. Yeah. Oh, the fourth quarter belonged to Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. That's what they, Zach Taylor before before the game said. The plan is to stop Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Those are the two guys that you need to slow down to beat the Rams. And they did a good job for a lot of the game, but when it mattered, Cooper Cup ha- he he was incredible on in that last drive. And Aaron Donald, the final two plays. I want I want to talk about that now. The Bengals' final drive. For, at first, when they got to the fifty yard line, I think it was second and one. I was thinking touchdown. About a minute left in the game, still had two timeouts. I, I wasn't even thinking field goal. The field goal felt like a gimme. All of a sudden, you know, they, they incomplete on second down, third and one. It was questionable, at, at, at least to me, to run it with Samadji Pirine at Aaron Donald on third and one. Why is Joe Mixon not in the game? I'm not quite sure. And why would you attack the best player in all of football, one of the best defensive players of all time, right up the middle? It was a bizarre play call. Uh, and one that one that I think may have cost them the game because the fourth down call, again fourth and one being in the shotgun, just didn't feel right. I think I think you might try a run to the outside, something to steer the play away from Aaron Donald and not let him win it, which he did. It's interesting with Aaron Donald, and this is one of the things that makes him so unique at the position. Um, most defensive tackles, basically every defensive tackle in the league, is either a run stuffer or a pass rusher. It is extraordinarily rare you get a player who can rush effectively when it's timed, when it's on a passing down that can also stuff runs. And we saw it several times of Aaron Donald on third and ones. He just chooses to not let the running back go through. The reason Pirine's out there instead of Mixon is because Pirine's the passing down back, right? So Zach Taylor's thinking, okay, Aaron Donald's going to be in pass rush mode, right? Because they're going to think that we want to throw so we don't waste the time out. We're just going to run a draw right up the middle. But Aaron Donald doing exactly the same moves can cover both the run and the pass in one play. Just like at Pitt when on rushes, sometimes he would tackle the quarterback and the running back at the same time. It, yeah, felt, it feels incredible. exactly the same way. And there's there's just nothing you can do when Aaron Donald goes Thanos mode. I, I understand schematically why you might put Pirine in the game, but I still disagree with it. Joe Mixon's one of the better the backs. fine. You just have to throw the ball. I, Oh no no! But that's what I'm saying. If if the plan, do you think that the, did they audible to a draw? I may have missed that. I no, we don't know. It's difficult to say. You know, there's so much going on in the game. It's tight. It's Regardless, a tight if given that that play was a draw, from from what I know right now, this is again an instant reaction from Paul and Ziggy. It, since it was a draw, I, I really question why Joe Mixon was not on the field. He's he's one one of your top two position players. Or just, I'm sorry, he's one of your top two skill players. I think that that ball has to be in his hands. Unless if it was an audible, if Joe thought he saw something. Uh, it, it's oh, just, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Several people are reporting that Aaron Donald's getting ready to retire. Wow. Rodney I mean, Harrison, before the game, said it was extremely likely. Um, with reporters right now, Aaron Donald is saying he's really going to have to think about it. But I, we may have seen the. We're talking about how great Aaron Donald is. We very well may have seen the last of him. Pretty, he's, pretty now he's fitting, achieved everything he's wanted to pretty achieve. Pretty fitting for him to go out the way he did. Those last two plays were Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald ended that game. 
But Ziggy, if we're talking about Aaron Donald right now, you and I, we, we watch a lot of Aaron Donald because you, you were formerly a Rams fan. And, you know, I, I would hang out with you a lot as you were talking about Aaron Donald. This isn't the best player in the National Football League. He's not just that. He's one of the top 10 defensive players ever. We're talking about one of the all-time greats possibly walking away right now. Um, and, and I wouldn't be too surprised. To, actually, I'm sorry. I would be a little surprised if he did because he's still you know, at the top of his game. But given the way he was talking afterwards, it seems maybe he has accomplished everything and that that's good enough for him. And if that's the case, an excellent career, first ballot Hall of Fame career, certainly says... At the age of 30, first ballot Hall of Fame career. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, it's... The only players I think you could definitively put ahead of him are Warren's Taylor and Reggie White. I think that is it on the people you could definitively put ahead of Aaron Donald. I'd have to give it further thought, but I'd agree with you on those two. He's at least... He's in that conversation of level of greatness, and it's just, it's amazing. You know, a lot of things have happened for the Rams. Um, Van Jefferson's wife went into labor during the game. Odell Beckham Jr.'s partner um, is about to go into labor. Taylor Rapp is engaged now, the Rams' safety. Um, And, you know, Eric Weddle, right, a guy who was retired for a couple years, just came back for these games. Um, Played an incredible role in the Rams' defense, considering he was retired and playing five-on-five yeah, basketball he was, he just a couple weeks ago. He wasn't even practicing for football. He no, wasn't let's training not forget, for football. He had the green dot. He was the person in charge of coordinating the entire defense all game. Uh, he tore a pectoral muscle, so he's certainly paying for his time back. But That's a testament to how good Eric Weddle is, too. That yeah, time. another. you talk about all-time great players. Like This Rams team is just full of them. There's so many all-time greats on this roster. And but it's, you know what's funny, Ziggy, is that you're, you're, you're right. There's, there's all-time greats in, in Miller, Donald, Ramsey, offensively, Beckham. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be too generous and say Stafford's an all-time great, but Stark, Power, and Cup, and, and Beckham, uh, even, even Andrew Whitworth to a degree. So it kind of had this feeling of the Stars versus Joe Burrow and the ragtag group of rookies here, um, even though that wasn't totally the case. But the narrative switched during the game. In the middle of the third quarter, I thought it looked very unlikely that the Rams were going to win because they just couldn't move the ball. They looked very uncomfortable offensively. They couldn't run most of the game, really the entire game. Uh, So to me, when they finally were able to put together that long drive at the end, I said earlier I wasn't surprised that Stafford delivered in the moment, but given the context of the game, I'd say I I was surprised. I'll, I'll I'll walk that back a little bit because they hadn't done anything the entire second half. No, it's really interesting. Um, so, Sean McVay and Zach Taylor, who was a former coach under Sean McVay, both of these people are um, what you might call, like, they came from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree, right? And the Mike Shanahan coaching tree, and we've seen it with Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers are a prototypical team in this regard. It's an outside zone running scheme with play action to set up the quarterback. And both the Rams and the Bengals this offseason and the way they came to success through the regular season and all of this was by completely abandoning that and putting the ball in the hands of their quarterback because it really is a passing league now, right? So you look at the Rams. Um, Cam Akers had 11 carries for 27 yards. 
you look at Joe Mixon. Um, he had a much better stat line. He was, I believe, 12 or 13 for 75. But he had other problems, right? They weren't able to run the ball when they needed to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's just interesting how much the league has changed, and it really is a quarterback league, right? And you look at why the Rams won. Ultimately, Joe Burrow got the opportunity quarterbacks dream of. It's the Super Bowl. The game is on the line. A field goal ties it. A touchdown wins it. And you just got to move the ball. And he wasn't able to get it done. Now, obviously, the offensive line wasn't good. Uh, but is there? I feel bad saying this after the Bengals just beat the Chiefs. But if it's Patrick Mahomes walking out there, you think game over. And I thought the same thing about Joe Burrow. Wow. And he wasn't quite able to get it done. I'm wow. not saying this reflects poorly on Joe Burrow, but I'm saying it really does show that in the NFL these days, if you don't have elite quarterback play, do you, you just th- cannot count on yourself you think to it's win fair, games. You think it's fair to say that about Burrow in this in this case? Because in the first half, in the beginning of the game, not a lot of pressure on him. Then all of a sudden, it felt like an avalanche. It felt like that Rams defensive line just wore down on the Bengals' O-line until all of a sudden, what, Burrow got sacked a record number of times in this game, right? Or maybe maybe they tied it at seven but you think it's fair to say that Joe Burrow was not elite? So here's the thing. You're right that he didn't get a lot of pressure early in the game, right? The Bengals were able to set a lot of things up for him early. So there's two ways you can look at this because the stat line is 263 yards and one touchdown. He had the same number of passing touchdowns as Joe Mixon, and there were zero rushing touchdowns this game. So there's two ways you can look at it. You can either say he didn't get enough done early, Right when the Bengals are able to take care of him, set things up for him, and he's got three excellent receivers. Or you can say at the end of the game, he just wasn't clutch enough. He wasn't able to get it done. He didn't overcome the circumstances. But the fact is, there is a point, whether you want to put it at the beginning of the game or the end of the game, where Joe Burrow wasn't elite enough to get it done. At the end of the game, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that at the end of the game because I think Aaron Donald just took a moment and said, let me be the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time for a second, and that he just decided to win the game. Now, Burrow himself, again, I thought that they were going to go down and score a touchdown. He actually made a good throw on that fourth down as he was getting sacked. I thought P. Ryan had a shot at it for a moment. Um, but you're right. There were definitely times where Burrow could have probably put that game away. Um, it was hard because the Rams have a very, very good defense, and, and, and this had a, a weird vibe to the entire game. But it feels it feels tough to blame Joe Burrow when I, I, I guess I see what you're saying. That so what Joe we say, Burrow, I'm not blaming Joe Burrow. No, no, I'm you're not. not. You're, just saying, you're just saying when you're an elite quarterback, you get the job done. He didn't get the job done, and there are some quarterbacks who I think would have. Um, Josh Allen, maybe. You know, Josh Allen uh, is certainly going to be a lot better at doing with Aaron Donald in his face, right? Because Josh Allen can run with him, keep up, maybe even break a tackle if he's lucky. Because Josh I Allen is There might chiseled. be only two or three quarterbacks that I, I'm comfortable with there. Tom Brady wins there. Tom Brady wins there. Patrick Mahomes probably wins there. I might Stafford even say, probably wins there. I don't know about Stafford. I, I was going to say, and, and you might be upset with this, but I think Aaron Rodgers probably gets the field goal too. Probably. Yeah, no, Aaron Rodgers might. You know, it's tricky, right? Because these are quarterbacks who, the quarterbacks are listening here are all quarterbacks who failed to get it done at some point during this postseason, right? Yes. So you, a lot of people can turn around and say, hey, Ziggy and Paul, listen, you guys are being unfair. No one else even made it to the Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow overcame long odds to do so. But 
I think the important clarification here is that we're not saying Joe Burrow is not elite. He just was not elite in his moments where he ha- may have had to be tonight. All I'm saying is Joe Burrow didn't get it done. Um, and at a certain point, when you're looking at a Bengals team that no matter what people think now has a fair chance of never coming back here, I think that that last drive is going to keep Joe Burrow up late at night for probably the rest of his life. And I agree with you completely. If One of our friends asked us after the game, do you think Burrow wins a Super Bowl? And, and I said, if I had to bet money on it, I'd probably bet no. Um, at least within the next five years, let's say. Let's say within the next five years. I think it's let's unlikely. Let's say with the Bengals. Let's say with the Bengals. Sure, sure. Within the next five years, I think it's unlikely that Joe Burrow and the Bengals get to the Super Bowl. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on this show. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, who knows who knows what the, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? The Steelers are still there. The Derek Carr is there in Vegas. This is a really good conference at the moment in the AFC. Um, and to just assume that the Bengals are going to get back to, to the Super Bowl, like a lot of people have been throughout the week. Ziggy, you said before the show, you, we kept hearing people talking about the Bengals playing with house money. That if they lose, oh, it's okay because they'll have the opportunity to get back. They're so young, they'll be here again. The Rams, though, with Stafford and Donald, he might retire. Who knows what's going to happen? Like They need to win. That's, no, that's not the case. Zach Taylor's post-game interview, he said, we know how rare it is to get here. We understand that you don't have the opportunity to play for a Super Bowl very often. And the prime example of that, as we were talking about off-air, is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl. Is that not incredible to think about? With all the success the Packers have had over the past 10 years, Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl. So to assume that the Bengals can just get back there is foolish because it's really hard. It's really hard to even get to the AFC championship game. And many people have forgotten this because the Bengals had a lot of success this year with a couple free agents or whatever. But Mike Brown is arguably the cheapest owner in the entire NFL. He has consistently refused to do trades, consistently refused to pay money for free agents, and by and large sees his goal not to win a Super Bowl but to bring in the most profit every single year, which means not paying players, which means leaving a lot of salary cap on the table. And this is why, like a lot of people, rightly so, I think, accused Carson Palmer of some sour grapes this week as he talked about how Joe Burrow would never win anything with the Bengals and he was going to find out how the ownership refused to support their quarterbacks. But I actually do think we're going to start seeing some of that. It's not clear to me that the Bengals... Like just last offseason, if the Bengals wanted to, there were some excellent offensive linemen available. Bengals could have taken them, chose not to, in free agency. Are things really going to be different this year now that they have some success? I don't know. I'm not sure. And if they're not, we could very easily see Joe Burrow wasting away his career in Cincinnati, just like everyone thought he might. <laughs> Bengals fans are probably listening to this saying, oh my gosh, like, like we just lost the Super Bowl. Like, Come on, give us a break here. No, but- I think Bengals fans are listening to this and thinking, Ziggy's right. This is exactly what we thought for the past like 50 years. Well-run teams, teams of competent ownership, don't go 30 years without winning a playoff game. I'm not talking 30 years about the Super Bowl. I'm not talking 30 years without a conference championship. I'm talking 30 years without winning a playoff game. And we saw under uh, 
shoot, who was the Bengals coach? What's his name? Marvin oh, Lewis. Guy. Yeah, under Marvin Lewis. We saw under Marvin Lewis. The Bengals consistently making the playoffs and not having the resources to win games afterwards. Not that Marvin Lewis was some great coach, right? But he got them that far, and that wasn't assigned to the Browns. They needed to double up and spend more money. I don't know. I think Bengals fans are going to agree. To you, did this feel like lightning in a bottle or the start of a very sound, very good football team for the next five, ten years? Oh, I think it is a very solid football team for the next. Oh, no, no. Wait, did, so it felt it felt to you more like the start of something rather than. Rather, I think even the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl run. Here's what a solid team is going to be in this AFC, um, where you've got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and whoever else ends up coming through. Right? There's going to be some good quarterbacks entering every draft because the bottom teams are really at the bottom. Um, Here's what you're going to see. I think a good year is going to be maybe making the conference championship game. Or divisional. Or even the divisional. Yeah, just just making it to the divisional round out of the wild card game is a good year for a lot of these teams. So when we're talking about the Bengals going back to the Super Bowl, you know, they needed things like elite performance from Eli freaking Apple. Is there any reason to believe that this Bengals defense that improved so dramatically this year with role players who have sucked every year before this pretty much, except the illustrious Jesse Bates III? Do we really think that that's going to continue being good? Do we really think, after his first two seasons, Zach Taylor's actually an excellent coach? Do we really think that the Bengals are going to be able to get an offensive line after struggling to put forth a good one for decades? Look at the playoff run, too. Look at the playoff run. Vegas fans will tell you they were upset with the way that game ended. You were upset with the way that game ended for Vegas. Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill throws an interception on their potential game-winning drive. That sets up the McPherson game winner. Kansas City, obviously we know about the comeback. It it really had, to me, a lightning-in-a-bottle-esque feeling on the playoff run. I I do want to say that I, I think the Bengals will be a good team next year. But I probably cap them. I don't think they get past the divisional round next year. Yeah, I mean, here's that's a the good thing. season, and that's a good season. Evan McPherson was twelve for twelve on field goals, hitting four in each of their first three games. Hey, you can't ever count on a kicker to be that accurate. Oh no uh, well, how good trust me, I know. Trust me, I and know. B, usually you can't win playoff games with your kicker needing to hit three game winners. I, I do That's feel just bad not for how them, it works. though. I, re- I do feel bad. No, it's crushing, and it's even more crushing because this is probably the last time that they're going to have an opportunity quite like this, where at every corner, you know, they didn't have to go through the Bills and the Chiefs because the Titans just basically walked into the one seed. Right? They only had to go through one elite team because coincidentally, the one seed was probably the weakest team. And they didn't have to go through the, the Chargers seed. because Vegas beat them last week of the season. Exactly, and what should have been a tie, probably. So it's like the, things really lined up for them. And Ziggy, it's and brutal. when you're talking about things lining up for them, they had the lead in the third quarter against the Rams team without Higby and Odell Beckham Jr. And with Cam Akers coming fresh off an Achilles tear. The, to, uh, at, in the middle of the third, in the middle of the third quarter, I looked over at the people I was watching the game with, and I said, "It, it feels like." The Rams have no chance when they have the ball. Like they can't do anything. It, it, it for a moment, 
And maybe maybe it was just a moment too good to be true for those in Cincinnati. It looked like they were going to win the Super Bowl. But maybe that would have been too much for people because I don't know what I would have done if the Bengals won the Super Bowl. I know what I would have done. <laughs> I would have had a big steak dinner. <laughs> uh, well, that is football, at least for us. Misery, misery, misery. <laughs> FanDuel always wins. That's, that's my take. always wins, except, except for the fund. Except for the fund. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at Paul Farrington Show. Chasing down that 10,000 on YouTube, going for monetization, slowly getting this show to the highest of forms. Thanks for listening. Congratulations to the Rams. Bengals fans, we're sorry. We hope we're wrong. We hope you're there next year. Uh, hopefully you're playing the Vikings. Hopefully you're playing the Vikings. What a Super Bowl that would be. Something has to give, right? Something would have to give. And Paul, <laughs> the universe would come apart if it was a... Because here's the thing, right? You put a vikings Bengals Super Bowl together, it, the question isn't who wins. Actually, we, the I'm question sorry. is who loses. I'm sorry. We all know. We all know the Vikings would, would fall apart. It, it, it would, at the end of the day, there is yeah. one king the, the, of losing. The Bengals team lost, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a Vikings kind of collapse. It was just Stafford things were going drive, their way. All-time great yeah. players. The, Vi- the Vikings would have... The, the, mis- the extra point mishap, that would have been the way the Vikings lost. <laughs> All right. Thanks for All listening. Right. Monday edition of the Paul Farrington Show. We'll come to you Wednesday. We'll get the fun back going up. We've won two in a row. Just saying. Just saying.